Well, good morning, Taylor's First Baptist family. This is a different venue from which to speak to you, but I am delighted that you have joined us this morning uh, remotely and look forward to spending this time with you today. I was going to say I was trying to envision you guys seated out there, but since the seats are behind me, uh, it'll be a little hard for me to do to envision you sitting out there, but I am in my mind and certainly in my heart embracing you this morning as we all come together as the people of God for this time. I hope you have participated in the worship time. I'm so grateful for our worship team and all that they have done to, to put the worship together for you this morning. And now I look forward to entering into a time with you as we look at God's Word together. If you have your Bibles with you, and I trust that you do, that they're there, handy for you somewhere, uh, we're going to be in 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. And I'm going to read some selected verses from chapter 4 for us this morning. These are, of course, uh, the words of the Apostle Paul writing, and listen to what he had to say. Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's Word. But by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of God, who is the, uh, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We're afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. Now, down a few verses. So, we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. For we look not at the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for this time that you have given us. I thank you for our church family that is gathered now together, though remotely we're joined together in heart and in spirit. And we thank you for the opportunity now to open your word together. I pray that your Holy Spirit will be our teacher as you give us instruction how to navigate these challenging days, Lord, and how to be and continue to be a people on mission with you is the prayer that we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, what I want to do this morning is simply share briefly with you um, some of what God's word has to say about where we find the power to keep on going, where we find the strength to see things through 
when we're challenged. And this message is especially applicable in these days that we find ourselves in right now. And there's three things that I just want to share with you very briefly this morning about what the Apostle Paul says about where we find the strength to keep on going, to persevere, to hang in there, to be victorious when we are incredibly challenged. And the first thing that Paul says is this, we can keep on going. We can find the power to remain faithful when we stop and when we embrace the call of God upon our lives. God has called you. God has called me to something very significant and very special. And that's never been more important than it is in these days. Listen to what Paul says here again in verse 1 where he writes and says, Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. Paul was someone who understood that Frustration and discouragement come when we fail to remember that God has called each of us to something very, very significant. You know, if you look through Scripture, there are often and many occasions where God's people have been discouraged, where they felt like giving up or giving in. Those earliest Christians and those who preceded them in the Old Testament had their share of struggles. You look at somebody like, um, say, Jeremiah, who despaired of his own life. Or someone like Jonah, who set out in obedience to follow God, but then came to that place of great discouragement, sitting on that hillside under that withering vine, <laughs> the sultry east wind blowing, drying out not only the vine, but his own spirit. And he said, God, you know, it's better for me to, to die than to live. And then for several weeks back, the beginning of this year, we looked at Elijah. Elijah saw all kinds of great movements of God, but he came to that place too where sitting under that broom tree before God said, nobody understands my problems, nobody cares. It's better for me to, live, uh, to not live than it is to live. All through Scripture we see this. Even a great missionary and preacher like the Apostle Paul had his share of struggles. And he tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8, that he came to the point where he despaired even of life. But as we look at Scripture and we see these who struggled with the challenges of life and who came to those points in life where they were so discouraged, they also found a way up out of that valley. And the same Paul who said, I'm discouraged and I'm despairing of life, was able at the end of his life to say, hey, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. And one of the things that enabled him to do that was recognizing the call of God upon his life and understanding that what God has called you and me to do is not something wasted. It's not foolish. It's not vain. God has placed his call upon our lives and he has called us to be a people on mission with him, especially in these challenging days. So when you become discouraged, when you wonder maybe what tomorrow is going to hold, when you feel like giving up or giving in, remember something. God has called you. He has called you out of sin. He has called you out of death. He has called you out of hopelessness. He has called you out of darkness. And He has called you not only into relationship with Him, but He has called you to a task of being on mission with Him in these challenging days. Don't forget that. 
It will encourage you as we walk through these days. So the call of God, number one, will enable us to keep on going. Second thing that Paul talks about in these verses that we've read is the cry of need that's all around us. If you listen with spiritual ears, especially in a time like this, you will hear people crying out because they are hopeless. They are afraid. They are wondering what the future is going to hold. And Paul, you can, you can really hear his heartbeat here uh, around verse 4 here when he talks about those who don't know Christ, those unbelievers. He says, their minds have been blinded from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. And you and I, as we shared last Sunday, have an opportunity in these unprecedented days to reach out to those around us who are crying out, who are in need. They might be co-workers that we need to check on, even remotely. They might be neighbors that we need to walk across the street and see how they're doing. They might be fellow church members that we need to pick up the phone and call. There's a great cry of need all around us. And then there are those, as Paul references here specifically, who don't know Christ and who are in a time right now perhaps when they are more open than ever before to the truths of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the difference that He and only He can make in their lives. So I want to encourage you in these days to keep your spiritual ears open to the cry of need all around us. I don't think anything makes anybody any stronger uh, than hearing a cry for help. I never will forget when uh, my family and I were living in San Jose, Costa Rica. We were language school students there, learning Spanish in preparation uh, to head to Ecuador as missionaries. And one night I had gone out to the grocery store. It was about eight o'clock. It was dark. I normally didn't go out that time of night because it wasn't always the safest time to be out on the street. I didn't have a car. I was walking to the grocery store. Uh, and so as I was on my way there, I heard a woman cry out in Spanish, help me. Well, I had my arms full of grocery sacks at that time, but I heard her yell, help me. And I heard her yell, help me a second time. And I turned around and I saw this lady and a man struggling over something. They were wrestling over something. And I thought, this guy's trying to steal her purse. That was a very common thing uh, at that point in time there. So I dropped my grocery bags right in the street. I rushed across the street and <laughs> maybe foolishly jumped right into the middle of this tug of war. And I realized as soon as I got in there that the thing they were fighting over was not a purse, but a crowbar. And I thought, well, you know, I'm dead. I'm not going to make it back home. As it turns out, the funny thing is the crowbar belonged not to the man, but to the woman. And she had used it to break out the windows, all of the windows on her boyfriend's car. And he was trying to help, uh, you know, keep her from doing any more damage to his vehicle. And he probably needed a whole lot more help than she did at that moment. But my point is, when you hear that cry, cry of need, you want to respond to it. And as God's people, when we hear the cries of need around us today, how much more should we respond to those around us to demonstrate the love of Christ and the power of the gospel? How much more should we be doing that in these days? So remember, God has called you. Let that encourage you and strengthen you and motivate you to hang in there and not give up and not give in. Remember the cry of need that's all around us and keep your spiritual ears open to hear what God is saying about how you can make a difference in someone's life in these days. But you know, there's a third thing that Paul talks about here, more important 
than either of the other two, even though they're very important. But Paul tells us thirdly and finally that when we feel like giving in, giving up, dropping out, when we become discouraged, we need to develop a consciousness of the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ with us every single moment of every day. It is a consciousness of His presence at work in our lives that will keep us going when nothing else will. Listen again to what Paul has to say here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. He says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the all-surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We don't have the strength in and of ourselves to keep on going, but we do have a power made available to us by God through His Holy Spirit that will enable us to continue to move ahead with hope and encouragement and purpose in these challenging days. That's why Paul goes on to say, hey, yeah, we're, we're afflicted in every way, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed. Okay, we, we may not understand what all's going on, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We may be struck down, but we're not destroyed. What makes the difference? The difference is that awareness of the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ with us every single moment of every day. And Paul wraps up what he has to say to us here by writing these words. We do not lose heart, though our inner self is wasting away. Excuse me, though our, though our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light and momentary affliction... And that's really what this is. It may not seem light at the moment, but it is momentary, right? This momentary affliction is preparing us. See, this is a time of preparation. It is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. If there was ever a time for us to focus on the things that are not temporary, but the things that are eternal, it is today. That, in, that invisible, incredibly powerful presence of the Lord Jesus Christ that is with us always. I never will forget early in my ministry, uh, my family, Ruth and I, and we only had our two boys uh, we were pastoring uh, my very first church down in the lower part of the state. And my boys were young, and so it was coming into springtime, probably about this time of year. And I decided that I wanted to uh, let my boys experience the thrill of flying a kite for the very first time. So I went out, you know, to the to the to one of the local stores there, and, and I never will forget I bought a big bird kite, and I took it home and I put it together and I put a long tail on it. And the church I was serving had a big field out behind it. So we went out behind the field to fly this kite. And I was really excited for my boys to get that opportunity to experience that. But there was one problem. I had picked a day when there was absolutely no wind, none. Probably the calmest day of the year. Not, not even the hint of a breeze. Well, I was undeterred. So I took the kite and I took the string and I went out in that field and I started running. And uh, as I was running, I could get that kite up 
uh, you know, not real high, but I could get it up off the ground. But uh, by the time I ran out of field or I ran out of breath, whichever came first, that kite, of course, came fluttering back down to the ground. And I did that probably for an hour or so, just running up and down that field, trying to get that kite up in the air. But because there was no wind whatsoever, my most valiant efforts at getting that thing to fly were a miserable failure. My boys were not the least bit excited. They didn't see anything particularly fun about flying a kite. All they saw was a worn out daddy who wasn't good for anything else the rest of the day. So uh, bad experience. So uh, I waited. I waited a couple of days or maybe it was a week. I don't remember exactly, but I waited until there was a really windy springtime day. And I took my boys back out uh, behind the church and I took that kite and I, I held it in my hands and I threw it up in the air and I watched it as it was propelled by the wind. In fact, I had to be careful that I didn't let the string burn my fingers as it, as it zipped off the spool. As that kite flew higher and higher, really reaching heights I could have never gotten it to had I been able to run all day long. Why? Because it was propelled by that infinitely greater invisible power of the wind. I really believe there's a lesson for us in that. A spiritual parable that tells us when our best efforts, no matter how noble they are, are just simply not enough to keep us going, then you and I, called of God, recognizing the great need all around us, need to rely on that infinitely greater, invisible, marvelous power that comes from the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. And He will enable us to do things and accomplish things in these days that we would never be able to accomplish or see any other way. So I hope this morning that you'll remember these three things that God has called you. There's a great cry of need all around you. And God has equipped you and empowered you by His Spirit through a consciousness of the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. All of these things should keep you going and keep me going. Keep us in the fight. Keep us hopeful. Keep us focused as we seek to be the people He has called and commissioned us to be for such a time as this. I pray this will encourage you. I pray it will make a difference in your life in this coming week. And you ask God how He wants to use you to make a difference in these days. Let me pray for us this morning. Heavenly Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for the opportunity to, to join our hearts together. Though we're not under one roof, we are one family. And You have called and commissioned us, uh, Lord, to be on mission with You no matter what our circumstances may be. So, Father, I pray you'll just remind us this day and throughout the coming days of your call upon our lives, the great cry of need all around us, and that we would develop, Lord, and you help us develop that consciousness of the presence of Jesus Christ, which will keep us going, will continue to encourage us, motivate us, give us hope, and send us out to be difference makers in our world. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. Thank you for hearing this prayer. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you have a great week.
And we'll look forward to staying in touch uh, through this medium and others uh, through these coming days. And we'll look forward certainly to seeing you again next Sunday. Have a great rest of the day.